this message is set apart, and the subtitle is By the Holy Spirit. It's really, really important for us. And maybe you're in this room today and you're saying, Holy Spirit still scares me. Reach out for him. Reach out for him. Hmm? I want him. You got him. You got him. Already yours. Already yours. Uh, Let's look at this passage, and I'll just tell you a little bit about how this uh, message kind of evolved. So we're in the 13th chapter of Acts, and it says, While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, so just envision that context. While you're worshiping and or while you're fasting, you know, the, the passage doesn't say it, but we can, we, can, uh, we can certainly insert prayer. If you're fasting, you're praying in that. Uh, but while you're doing these things, while you're presenting yourself to God, while you're giving him praise, while you're worshiping, while you're setting aside time to uh, just draw near to him, possibility he may have something he wants to do. And in this particular occasion, it says, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, the Holy Spirit said, the Holy Spirit said, the Holy Spirit said, while they were worshiping, while they were fasting, while they were in his presence, while they were engaging with him, the Holy Spirit had something to say. And in this particular case, it said, set apart for me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. And what I want to talk about today and what I believe the Lord is saying to us is we, the Lord's been doing this, Holy Spirit has been doing this for uh, a long period of time, but he is drawing us into into this place where he wants us to fully embrace the work of the Holy Spirit and acknowledge and recognize that as we submit ourselves while we're worshiping, while we're fasting, while we're praying, while we're in the middle of obeying him, whatever that looks like, Holy Spirit has things he wants to say. Holy Spirit has things he wants to do. Holy Spirit has, has people that he is doing as he did here, saying, I'm going to set you apart for a purpose. And as I do that, I will equip you to carry out the assignment I give you. Now, this message grew, I got a, I got a, uh, an email or a, maybe it was an email or a, maybe it was a text from Linda King this week. And uh, she started out, said, uh, I read this, I read an article uh, and she said this about it. She says, I believe it really describes what describes what I believe God is doing today. And we've been saying since the beginning of this year, we sang the song today, the atmosphere is changing now. Why? The Spirit of the Lord is here. The Spirit of the Lord is here. Now again, Spirit of the Lord, it's not like the Spirit of the Lord just showed up this year. He's been showing up for a long, long time. So I want to make that distinction, but he's showing up in, in deeper ways, in real ways, in stronger ways. And I don't know all the reasons for that, but he is. And we're and because of that, there's a tangible awareness of his presence. There's a tangible awareness of that, that things aren't as business as usual. Um, 
And, it, and it's, not, it, it's not just because of the work he wants to do, it's the work he wants to do in us and the ways he wants to use us. So, so anyway, uh, Linda sent me this, the, the article, and the article was, uh, was written by a guy named Mario Merlo, and it was called Separate to Me. Separate to Me, and kind of took the scripture, set apart for me, is what the verse says. The Holy Spirit said, set apart for me. And boy, when I read it, when I read it, it was like, yeah, you're, you're just right. This is, this, is exa- this is describing what I believe is absolutely happening in our midst. I believe it's, just, it's describing what I believe is happening in followers of Jesus anywhere and everywhere who are hungry, who are, who are, who are, who are saying, Lord, uh, status quo isn't enough any longer. Yesterday, yesterday's provision isn't enough. I need more for today. And uh, just a, a couple of paragraphs that I read uh, that uh, just kind of got me going with this message. Just a couple of things from his, his article. And it starts out, he says, a massive, a massive number of Christians are experiencing a strange miracle. The Holy Spirit is separating them. Now, let me say at the outset, a separation of the Holy Spirit by the Holy Spirit is not saying, I'm separating you from the very people I want you to reach. I'm not locking you up in a closet somewhere. Now, there may be periods of isolation. There may be periods of shutting you in, in his presence for, for a season or for, for a, you know, a, a period of time for purposes of deposits. But the idea of him separating uh, his people isn't to say, oh, we think we're all that. Or we think we're, you know, we got a monopoly on what God's doing. Or we are, you know, we have all the answers to everything. Well, we do have all the answers to everything because we have power of the Holy Spirit. But it's not, an, it's not an ego trip. It's a bow down trip. It's a continually bow down trip. So when he says the Holy Spirit is separating them, I, I get it. I, get, I, I, I connected with that. And I believe that he's doing that in many, many people. The separation isn't necessarily geographical. It's a place in our heart where we know there's something going on, and I haven't fit all the pieces together yet, but he's requiring more of me, and he's asking more of me, and he's refined. Part of it is refinement. He's doing a refining work. The Holy Spirit is separating them. He has selected them for grace and power to accomplish mighty acts at the edge of history. They'll be uniquely equipped to face the sophisticated evil of our time. But here's the, here's the sentence that wrecked me. It all begins with making peace with the Holy Spirit. Making peace with the Holy Spirit, restoring his rightful place. This morning, if you're in this room, and you say, oh, again, Holy Spirit makes me nervous, Holy Spirit, you know, we, we, you know, we, we studied Holy Spirit a couple years ago, Holy Fire study, and I think, it, I think it brought us into a clearer understanding that everything Holy Spirit does isn't this wild and crazy, bouncing off the floor, flying from the chandeliers, Holy Spirit is the active agent that Jesus said before he left the earth, I'm going to send him to you. 
you're going to need him. Yes, we surrender our life to Christ and we receive forgiveness of sins through his shed blood. The sacrifice of his shed blood. But he sent the Holy Spirit to his people. And he's, the Holy Spirit is still the one. And we need to do what this writer says. Making peace with the Holy Spirit. Whatever that looks like to, to some of you that maybe are still struggling. I, and I, I put myself sometimes in that same place. I, I, I've been more than open and vocal about over the years of my, what if the Holy Spirit wants to do this? What if the Holy Spirit wants to do that? And to the point where, you know, some of you witnessed me up here looking like a fool. Couldn't speak, couldn't think, couldn't walk, had to have help being carried up to the platform to say who knows what I said. And in my flesh, I would never, ever, ever, ever intentionally put myself in a situation where I would look foolish where I would think I looked foolish. I, I probably look more foolish more often than I think, but but I've come to the place where I don't care. But the point about that is, is not, to, not to look foolish for the sake of looking foolish. Sometimes when Holy Spirit does things, sometimes it is powerful and out of our control and, and it might be look strange, but that is not the way he functions all of the time. Sometimes he functions really gently. You know, I, I shared earlier, Lord, show me. Holy Spirit showed me something was going to happen. And then it happened. And it wasn't anything dramatic. It wasn't anything that, that uh, there was a commotion. It was just this gentle way that he ministered in a way that he showed me ahead of time he was going to do We need to embrace those situations. We need to say, Holy Spirit, especially if you struggle, if you struggle with a person, the, the very important third person of the Trinity, if you struggle with who that is, and tell them, tell them. One more, one more paragraph from this, this article for now. It says, take a close look at the book of Acts. You'll see the disarming but down-to-earth way that they related to the Holy Spirit. While they revered him deeply, they had a sense of his nearness and his involvement in their day-to-day operation, their day-to-day lives. They had a sense of his nearness and his involvement in their day-to-day operation. They behaved as if he was close by and they could almost see him. Most of them, most of all, they anticipated his instructions when I read those, that graph, I said, that's it. That's it right there. That's it right there. See, we're not talking just about what we experience here. Oh, I'm, I, I mean, I'm exci- I, get, I get excited when, when we're, we can come in here and know that he's in the atmosphere. I get excited when I can know that we can come in here and experience him. Again, Pastor Ben related that a few weeks ago in his message when he said, why is it people walk in the door and they see us being excited about our Jesus? Well, they should, because we are. That's real. That's not... That's not put on. That's not just emotional hype. That's not, uh, that's real. That comes from a deep, deep place within us because we've received something 
Absolutely. We've received something that we cannot hold back, and so we, we, we demonstrate that. And so if, if, a, if a visitor walks in for the first time and sees these people are all excited, well, th- that's, that's because we have something to be excited about. It's a Savior who loves us, a Savior who's forgiven us, a Savior who, who, and, and who, who sent his Holy Spirit to lead us and to empower us and to, to do the work, comfort us, to do the work we cannot do in, our, in and of ourselves and our, of our flesh. So, so when he says, while they revered him deeply, revere him deeply, revere him deeply, but also, do you have a sense of his nearness and involvement? And that's what, when Linda sent that message about, this is what I believe we're experiencing, I believe that's what we're, I believe that's part of what we're experiencing. We have a sense of his nearness, a sense of his closeness, a sense sense that he's revealing things, and he's speaking things, and he's directing things, and he's orchestrating things, and He's putting things together that we cannot do just by our own, with our own mental capacities. Yeah, we have a brain and we can use them. We know how to make a plan. We know how to do things. But it's way beyond earthly plans. It's way beyond earthly ideas. Somebody asked in the Metavour class this week, asked this question. They said, uh, how do you, how did you know how to begin planning for these dinners? How did you, how did you know who to invite? Holy Spirit. If I didn't believe, if I did not believe that the Holy Spirit was actively speaking to us and leading us and directing, walk into the increase, uh, come to the table, uh, whatever the specific words are, if I didn't believe that he was leading every, every dimension of this work, I'd say, let's go home. Let's go home. What are we doing? I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't ever want a, a, a man-directed ministry of any kind. If you're teaching a class, hopefully you're teaching a class because the Holy Spirit has instructed you and empowered you to do it. If you're teaching a class out of your own mind and out of your own uh, abilities and out of, out of your own, stop it. Sorry, Cindy, if you lose teachers today. No. No, my, my expectation is that everybody who's doing what they're doing is doing so because they've been empowered and they know they're supposed to be doing it. We are, we are never, uh, we are never um, asking for people to do things just to fill positions or to fill assignments. I, it, my, my expectation is that at every turn, Holy Spirit is directing us. We had what we call the wild, uh, the wild game dinner last night. It's, I don't know, it's probably about fourth year, third, fourth year, something like that. Maybe more than that. I absolutely believe that the Holy Spirit put that on someone's mind, whatever we first started that, and Holy Spirit does a work. Uh, you know, and I, I, I won't talk too much about, about that from last night, but it was awesome. It was an awesome time, more than 40 guys gathering together, uh, many that don't necessarily come to church here, that we just got to engage with got to engage with I told I've told this uh, twice uh, the past week last Wednesday uh, came in for men of our class and we we usually pull tables out to make our gathering area longer because we usually need the space and so I was pulling tables over and when it when I came in uh, there was a group in the in the fellowship hall um, I don't know if it was batting practice or uh, softball or uh, t-ball or some sort of kids 
kids, uh, Dave Guy and some people were in there uh, with, with families and young kids, and some were not from this church. So while I'm in there and I'm arranging tables, these two little girls um, wandered in. The one was, uh, was Kobe's daughter, uh, but the other one I did not know. And uh, they kind of plopped themselves down in the chairs and said, what are you doing? And, uh, and I said, oh, we're just setting up the classroom for, for men's class tonight. And the little girl that I did not know said, I want to come to church here. And it did something. Why is it, and I don't know if this girl's ever been in the building before. I don't know anything about her history or what, you know. But she, as she said, and my daddy says we might sometime come to a service and come check this church out. And, I, and my thought was, what, how does that, I mean, what, what is it? What is it that's going on where a little kid somehow has some expectation or some anticipation that I want to be part of what's happening in this place? That's an example of Holy Spirit, you know, maybe you would look at that and say, well, that's just a kid talking, that's just a, that's just a, you know, that's just a kid being a kid, and that's just, a, no, when, you be, when we begin to embrace Holy Spirit for all that he is, and begin to recognize his work among us routinely, daily, what does this say? They behaved they, they, they revered him, they had a sense of his nearness and his involvement in their day-to-day -day operation. Do you have a sense of the Holy Spirit's nearness to you in your day-to-day -day life? You get up, you're in your home, you go for a walk, you go to the grocery store, you take your kids to school, you pick your kids, go to a sporting event, you go to a concert, you go to the shopping mall, you go wherever you go. Is the Holy Spirit somehow in the middle of that, and are you aware of that? Because that's what he's bringing us to. This, this idea of separating us unto him, of separating apart by the Holy Spirit, is for us to have this awareness. And again, it's not, a, it, it, it's not this separation of isolation. Again, there might be moments of that or periods for that for a purpose, but that's not the goal. The goal is for us to become so comfortable that as I'm driving down the road and this thought, because our minds are set on him, now, that's an important part of this. If my mind isn't set on him, I'm not gonna I'm gonna miss all of those things, or or I'm not going to see or hear correctly. You know, if my mind is not set on him, if our mind is set on him, we can trust that if this thought pops into my head and it has biblical foundation for it, if it's just some off the wall thing that has that, that actually goes against the scripture, dismiss it. But if it doesn't, huh. Lord has something for us to do. Holy Spirit is revealing something. He's showing us something. And let me tell you, he doesn't always show you all the details of what that means or what he wants to do with it. That's part of walking in faith. We're stepping into this come to the table thing. Start with teaching tonight. Six o'clock. Six o'clock, not seven o'clock. Six o'clock, not seven o'clock. Six o'clock, not seven o'clock. We've always had seven o'clock service. It's six o'clock. But we're jumping into that and diving into that uh, with many unknowns. Many unknowns. So let's just take a look at, at just like a couple of examples in Scripture. I don't know, this isn't a long message. Uh, a lot of it's coming just right out of what's in my heart uh, as it relates to this idea. Uh, so in Acts uh, 
8.29. It says, The Spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. You can look up all the details of that encounter. It was a pretty powerful encounter if you, if you, uh, uh, and, and not something you necessarily see every day. But, but the point of it, the Spirit told Philip. So Philip was living, as this article says, with a sense of his nearness and his involvement in his life. He behaved as if he was close by and they could almost see him. Most of all, they anticipated his instructions. Again, do you live your life anticipating his instructions or do I live my life clouded by the things I have to do today? Again, we have things to do. I'm not suggesting we shirk the responsibilities of our daily life. But I can do the responsibilities of my daily life and still be in touch with... I can do, I can do more than one thing at once. My, you know, I can... I can I can do my, you know, I, I could go to work every day. Now, my job happens to be here, but, but even when I worked as a newspaper editor, I'd be sitting, you know, at my computer editing stories and have a real sense of the Holy Spirit all around me in a, in a, in a newsroom that had lots of darkness and confusion. So we can, we can multitask in the Spirit <laughs> and while we're doing things on earth. So don't think you can only do one thing. So, so the Spirit told Philip, here's what I want you to do. Now, if you're like me, and some of you are, some of you, thankfully, are not, um, I would say, why? Rather than just obeying, at least earlier in my, earlier in my walk, I'm doing that less. What's going to happen there? What am I supposed to do when I get there? You know, what are all the ramifications of what you're telling me to do? And he's under absolutely no obligation to let us know any of those things. In Acts chapter 20, verse 22, 23, it says, Paul, uh, this is Paul speaking, it says, and now compelled by the Spirit, compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem not knowing what will happen to me there, that alone would just give me like not knowing what happened. I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are coming. Yay! Acts 10, 19, while Peter was still thinking about the vision, the Spirit said to him, Listen to this. Spirit said to him, Simon, three men are looking for you, so get up and go downstairs. Do not hesitate to go with them, for I have sent them. So he has this vision. He's thinking about this vision. Spirit says, this is very specific. This is very specific. So then we pick up the next chapter, and here's where some of that is more explained more fully. It says, right then, three men who had been sent to me from Caesarea stopped at the house where I was staying. Look, Simon, three men are looking for you. So get up, go downstairs, don't hesitate, go with them. Next chapter, right then, three men who had been sent to me from Caesarea 
stopped at the house where I was staying. The spirit told me to have no hesitation about going with them. These six brothers also went with me. We entered the man's house. We, he told us how he had seen an angel appear in his house, sent to uh, jo- Joppa for Simon, who is called Peter. This is Peter uh, giving this account. He will bring you a message through which you and all your household will be saved. As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit came on them as he had come on us at the beginning. And then I remembered what the Lord had said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Same Holy Spirit that is alive in us now. Same Holy Spirit that we, I was writing some words to songs down today. Same Holy Spirit. Spirit of God, fall fresh on us. We need your presence. Spirit of God, fall fresh on us. We need your presence. They had a sense of his nearness, his involvement in their day-to-day operation. They behaved as if he was close by, and they could almost see him, most of them. Most of all, they anticipated his instructions. Spirit of God, fall fresh on. We need your presence. I need your presence every day, all day. But I don't just acknowledge that once in a while. Acknowledge him all the time. The Spirit of the Lord is here. The atmosphere is changing. Now, the Spirit of the Lord is here. What's the next line? The evidence is all around. The evidence is all around. The evidence is all around when you see something in the Spirit and then it happens within a minute. Spirit, rise up. (laughs) Let it break down the walls. Cover the earth, cover the earth, cover the earth, cover the earth. We sang that. Now, this idea of the Holy Spirit just coming down and breaking down the walls and covering the earth uh, is not a part of from people. Holy Spirit isn't just floating out there somewhere. He's flowing, floating, flowing out of you and out of me. And when we have a sense of his awareness, we have an, an anticipation that he's doing something, an expectation that he's got things for us to do, we live on mission. We live on expectation that as I go about my everyday life, he's got assignments. He's got assignments. I've said this before numerous times. Why is it, why is it that if you have a conversation with Gary Sloan, he will more than likely tell you, I had opportunity this morning when we were at McDonald's to testify about Jesus. Why is that? It's because Gary and Mary Ellen wake up every day and say, Lord, wherever we are, use us. Wherever we are, whatever we're doing, we got doctor's appointments today. And inevitably, a nurse or a technician or a doctor 
or another patient in the waiting room is going to hear about Jesus. That's not necessarily because Gary says, I've got to share with everybody who I run into. No, it's because Holy Spirit orchestrates it. Holy Spirit sets it up. It's a response simply to obedience. I thought it was interesting, this account is in all, it's in three of the four Gospels. It's in Mark, it's in Matthew, it's in Luke. Uh, A little bit of different wording in each one, but it's the same point. When they arrest you, and hand you over, do not worry beforehand about what you're to say. These are the words of Jesus instructing his disciples. But say whatever is given you in that hour, for it is not you who speak, but it is the Holy Spirit. When they hand you over, do not worry about how, this is from Matthew, when they hand you over, do not worry about how or what you're to say, for it will be given you in that hour what you're to say. It is not you who speak, it is the Spirit of your Father who speaks in you. And then from Luke, when they bring you before the synagogues and the rulers and the authorities, do not worry about how or what you're to speak in your defense or what you're to say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. We have to live, we have to begin, if we're not yet, begin living with this expectation, this anticipation that wherever it is he's sending us, whatever it is he's doing in the course of our everyday lives, this isn't just about church stuff. This is daily life stuff that he's given us himself. He is, Jesus didn't lie when he said, I am sending you the Holy Spirit. Receive him. Receive him. And I still think there's times when we haven't made peace with the reality of that where we still fight him, where we still try to figure this. I think we sometimes make him way more ethereal than he is. I mean, he's a spirit, so there's going to be an aspect of of the ethereal, which is a mystery and a, uh, um, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, just uh, the unknown, the unknown. So he's, you know, Holy Spirit is a spirit, but he's alive, and he has a voice. And the more we engage him, the more we learn to hear that voice more clearly. And the more we have eyes to see him more clearly. When he, the spirit of truth, comes, the Gospel of John says, when he, the spirit of truth, comes, now listen to this. This is the spirit, the Holy, same Holy Spirit, that Jesus said, I'm sending to you. It's the same Holy Spirit. And he says, when he comes, he will guide you into, he will guide you all into, he will guide you into all the truth. All the truth. All the truth. We're living in a culture, in a world where there's all kinds of things that sound like they might be true or people want them to be true or they're making them out to be true. But when we have Holy Spirit, when we have Holy Spirit, we can discern. He'll guide you into all truth. You know, I worked for a lot of years in the newspaper business. And uh, 
And so I dealt with lots of people in lots of positions and lots of and interviewed lots of people in lots of situations. And what I learned very quickly is people lie to you. And there were times when I'd be in an interview and somebody'd say something, I was like, that is not true. Possibly because I already had the police report standing right before me, you know. But you learn. He will guide you into all truth. If you're looking for truth, if you're looking to know truth, be acquainted with the Holy Spirit. Keep company with him. He will not speak of his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak. He will disclose to you what is to come. The Holy Spirit, Jesus, and the Father are intricately intertwined. They're intricately intertwined. It all begins by making peace with the Holy Spirit, restoring his rightful place. few paragraphs from the end of this guy's article. Millions of believers across America believe they are being separated by the Holy Spirit for amazing yet unknown reasons. You know, as we launch this come to the table thing uh, with teaching tonight and teaching next week and then we begin serving, inviting people and serving people, I don't, I don't know what all that looks like. I don't know who else going to respond to the invitation. You know, there's, there's obviously an example in Scripture where uh, they planned a banquet and uh, people were too busy. But he had another plan. He said, go invite, go invite whoever, whosoever will. I'm fully prepared for whatever. In my heart, I'm fully prepared for whatever, however this unfolds. But I absolutely believe Holy Spirit is orchestrating this. In this community, it, this this whole idea of coming to the table is part of our is part of our larger word of enlarging the place of our tent, opening wide the curtains, lengthening our cords, strengthening our stakes, and not holding back. Five elements, five key instructions in that word. We'll be talking a little bit more about more about that again. The Holy Spirit is the one. Who directed all this? I'm standing here to tell you, if this plan is dependent on me, and this was something I just conjured up in my own head, it won't produce one thing. The reality is, it's already producing stuff in you guys. The reality is, so many of you have attached yourself to this word and are, and are responding to it in such vibrant and affirming ways. It's bigger than us. It's bigger than how we feel about our inadequacies. It's bigger than the things that we don't have yet. You know, have, I, I so appreciate Connie calling those that group down this morning and just respond. How did, how did that happen? I'm outside of my comfort zone, she said. How did that happen? Holy Spirit. Let's put a face on, more, more faces on what this belonging thing that so many of you are, are pouring into so generously, 
put a face on more of what that's about. Why is it my wife is compelled to tell you about a thing called the Oasis? Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is originating it. Millions of people, believers across America, are feeling separated, or believing they're separated by the Holy Spirit for an amazing yet unknown reason. We're being separated for some amazing and unknown reasons. Here's an important uh, final point, and this is, uh, this is the part where I, I believe uh, it could somehow uh, at times cause us to personally say, ouch. They are being pulled away from fleshly things. They are being pulled away from fleshly things even as the spirit of prayer is overtaking them. They are surrendering to a work of the Holy Spirit. Fresh work of the Holy Spirit has begun. The impact will soon be widespread. You know, read those last two paragraphs. Uh, the uh, spirit of prayer is overtaking them, and they are surrendering to a work of the Holy Spirit. Now, as I, as I read those two paragraphs, I thought, okay, so we intentionally studied Holy Spirit in 2017. In 2018, we intentionally studied about a prayerful life, a praying life. And I connected those dots. The spirit of prayer is overtaking his people, and they're surrendering to a work of the Holy Spirit. The Lord doesn't take us through these series and these lessons and these things to just say, okay, well, I'm done with that now. I'm done with that. You know, you don't have to have a praying life anymore. As it happens, today is the final day of the 100 days of prayer for the Upward program. I'm convinced, I'm convinced that Holy Spirit orchestrated the timing of all of that for us as a body to say, yes, we will stand for this program that has nothing to do with our church, it has, but it has to do with community. Community. That we had at least 100 people in this place who committed themselves to say, I'm going to pray every day. The unknowns of what the Holy Spirit, what the Lord does in response to a hundred people committed to praying every day, unknowns, but he did much. As we uh, close out this message, and uh, please... Please join us tonight, even if, even if you're not sure you're going to be part of the Come to the Table. Uh, just uh, more of these Come to the Table cards with the entire schedule are out there. Uh, last week we took them all, which was awesome, so we made more. Uh, it's got the whole schedule on there. Uh, but um, at this time, uh, you know, again, again, I love how the Holy Spirit works. I want, uh, I want Eric and Trish to come down. Eric and Trish Howder, most of you know them. And uh, Ava's probably still over with a friend. Um, this is a very exciting time in these guys' lives. Uh, in April, Eric is going to uh, start as uh, an associate pastor and a youth pastor at a church called Indian Run Community Church in uh, East Canton. It's kind of the other side of Alliance. I think that's about accurate. Yeah, general area. Uh, 
it was so it was so cool when I was working began working on this lesson and uh, and I told I, I knew some of this was unfolding you know and I said whenever you whenever this gets settled and gets figured out we want to make sure that we call you guys down these guys have been part of this church oh my goodness I mean how old 2001 and uh, they are precious to us and we have oh my goodness I know <laughs> when Merrick first started coming to the men of our class uh, and, uh, and, and let me just put a put a plug out there for the value of small group the value of small group because I mean Eric you know he, he, he'd tell you he said I, I was part of church for years but I didn't ever let people get to know me and I didn't want to get to know other people I didn't like people you know, essentially what he said and now here he's being called he's being called to minister to people isn't, isn't God awesome <laughs> uh, so when it, all this was unfolding you know I said we want to make sure we have opportunity to uh, to pray for you to pronounce blessing on you guys and to let you guys know you're always a part of us I, you know, whether you're whether you're an hour away or 10 hours away or or 20 minutes away always a part of us. and that's that's always been the case they've they kind of always known they were a part of us, even in spells when they weren't here. Always knew they were a part of us, and we want to make sure that we get a chance to uh, have a chance to to uh, to pray, send them off, send them off. It was kind of like that first verse, you know. Uh, Holy Spirit said, "Set them apart for the work I have called them to," and that's exactly what we want to be a part of, of sending you off to the work you're being called to, uh, and uh, and make ourselves available to them. They're not that far away. And they're not initially even moving, uh, you know, moving from their home, not right away anyway. Uh, and uh, so at this time, I, I, mean, I want leaders to come down. I want, I want the Danks to come, I want Sean to come down. You know, any, anybody, you know, Freeman, Betty, yeah, guys have, have established, so many of you have established relationships. You know, I don't care if the whole church comes down, you know. I think it would be awesome to just send them out, off knowing that you are loved, you are supported, uh, and we want to bless every detail uh, of uh, of what you're about to dive into. Uh, yeah, let's let's start off just a little bit. Let's wait for everybody to get down here, and then. And I just want to connect a dot here. Uh, just wait, wait a second. Just come out here a minute. Come out here a minute, because everybody may not know this. This is Steve Bellaney. This is Trish's dad. I mean, some of you guys may have like seen Steve and Carol back there, and seen Trish and, and Eric up here, and never, you know, knew that they were related. They're related. So, Carol's not here today, but <laughs> Steve. Yeah, get in there. Just stretch your arms and hands toward them, Father. I just. Uh, Set apart by the Holy Spirit. Set apart by the Holy Spirit. That is a work you're doing in all of us in some fashion, and it looks differently uh, for maybe each one of us. But I thank you this morning that as we just send Eric and Trish and Ava, and even though their older kids aren't, don't live with them any longer, Storm and Lindsay, and Storm's soon-to-be wife at some point, uh, Emily, Lord, I thank you that they're part of this work, and we pronounce blessing on this family as they just obey your call, 
they obeyed your call. And I know that they're obeying your call scared. But I thank you, Father, that you are so faithful. You're so faithful and you're so good. And I know their trust is fully grounded in you and in your word of truth as we talked about. And they live their lives wanting to be an example and a witness and on the cutting edge of what you're about. And so we fully know that as they go out, you're going to use them in way, bigger ways than they even know. Hold them close, Lord. Hold them close. We thank you. We thank you for the privilege we've had to hug their necks and to rub elbows with them and to minister to, to lost and hurting people alongside of them. That we send them forth in your power. We send them forth in your love. We send them forth in your grace. We send them forth in your wisdom. We send them forth reminding them that they will continually be held up in prayer by this body and they'll continually have access to us for prayer support and counsel and conversation I pray for Indian Run Community Church and for the ministries that are about to unfold as these two join this work Give you all the praise, Lord. Give you all the praise and all the glory. Lord, I thank you that you have heard their cry. As you're now calling them into a work where they don't know all the details. They don't know all that they're facing, but you'll be faithful. This is all for your glory. All for your glory, Jesus. All for your glory, Jesus.